I was born again in 1975, and after that I began going to church. One of the churches that I went to, the women were talking about Antichrist, and I said, what's that? So far as I know, that's the first time I'd ever heard of Antichrist, and the woman began explaining Antichrist to me that he was opposite from Christ, and I can't remember what else she explained, but as she explained it, I said, well, it looks like some people would think Hitler was Antichrist, the Antichrist. And she said, oh, no, Hitler couldn't be Antichrist because Antichrist came in peace. I've read quite a few books about Hitler. And what Hitler did is he came in peace. He came speaking peace to Prime Minister of England and the leader of the French nation at Munich. Hitler spoke peace, and they signed a peace agreement. But all the time Hitler was speaking peace, he was planning war. I think there are many people of the World War II generation who would have thought Hitler was Antichrist, the Antichrist. Tolstoy, in his book War and Peace, which was written somewhere in the early 1800s, told of the Russian, I assume, Catholic Church, who thought the Antichrist was Napoleon, because at that time Napoleon had declared war against Russia, and he was at the gates of Moscow. Who is Antichrist? Is there just one Antichrist? Or are there many Antichrists? Does Antichrist come through the governments of men? If so, some probably thought Donald Trump was Antichrist. Who is Antichrist? We have the great advantage because the Apostle John told us of Antichrist because his church group in his day, after the resurrection of Jesus, they had heard of Antichrist. And they were obviously talking about Antichrist. So the Apostle John came to them to explain Antichrist to them. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. John said to the church group of his day, Little children, it is the last time. We think of the last time being of our generation or the next generation, but the truth of the matter is the last time began at the point when Jesus was resurrected into heaven. And here's what John says about this. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. These Antichrists had been sitting there in the church with them. But when they could not gain control over the church, 
they left the church. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us in our church group. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But there were many of them, not just one, many. It is similar to the way there's not just one devil today. There are many people who let devils come in and live inside them. It's not just one person. And Antichrist is a similar thing. And Antichrist comes into the church and tries to reign over the church, bringing doctrines that are contrary to the Bible. Paul had another view of Antichrist. Before Paul died, he spoke to the elders at Ephesus, and he said something very important to those elders. It is recorded for us in Acts chapter 20. Paul said to them, You know how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house. And behold, now I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 28 of Acts 20. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, and also of your own selves, of the elders, after my departing, also of your own self shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. There was going to be a change coming. Those people that left the church that John talked about, who showed themselves to be out of Christ, what did they do, do you suppose? They went out and set up denominations where they could speak whatever they wanted to speak. Paul perceived the same thing right here with these elders. Some of them were going to rise up and speak perverse things to the church at Ephesus. We can see the root of all of the division of the body of Christ right here in this scripture. That is the reason we have all these denominations which speak many different things contrary 
to the doctrines of the New Testament Bible. That's Antichrist. Antichrist comes through the churches. And Antichrist is not just one man. Antichrist is the leader of the church group where they have cast aside scripture and the people sitting in the church group approving the casting aside of scripture are Antichrist also. Paul writes about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. God gave Paul an understanding that Jesus could not come until Antichrist appeared in the churches. Paul says, starting at verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The falling away was going to allow Antichrist to surface in the churches because the falling away was explained to me by God in 1982. And what God said to me is the falling away that Paul speaks of here, those are not people leaving the church group. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. And when the churches leave the scriptures, the restraint against Antichrist is removed and Antichrist can move into the church and does move into the church. For example, you remove just one tiny little part of a scripture and the gate is open for Antichrist to come into the church. Matthew 5.32, Jesus said, Whosoever marrieth her that is divorced committeth adultery. I have never heard it taught in a church that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's a gate to let sin into the church. Sin is Antichrist. So the minute the church permits men to marry divorced women and stops talking against it and approves it, that's Antichrist. Antichrist has moved into the church at that point. Or it could be any other scripture which allowed Antichrist to reign in the church. The falling away from scripture opens the door for Antichrist to come in. It allows Antichrist to be revealed. So let's look again at what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord Jesus will not return, except there come a falling away first and that men of sin be revealed. The falling away would open the door for Antichrist to come in to the church, and the falling away is the church falling away from portions of Scripture. Verse 4, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped. He opposes the doctrines of the Scripture and he sets up other doctrines in the church, anti-Christ, against Christ. So he opposeth the doctrines of Christ. 
And by doing that, he exalts himself above the word of God, above God, above Jesus, above everything that's called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. That is Antichrist. He sits in the temple of God, the church, showing himself that he is God. It's through the churches that we see Antichrist. And there is a fearful fate waiting those people who sit in those churches. Because of the love of that church and the lack of love of Scripture, they will sit there in the midst of doctrine that is wrong, according to the New Testament Bible. Paul goes on to tell us the fate of those people. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I have had to leave so many churches in my lifetime because what they were speaking was opposite to what I was reading in the Bible. The first group of church that I went to were teaching tongues was of the devil. But I was reading the Bible and I saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where Paul said, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Well, the church I was tending was forbidding people to speak with tongues. And Paul was saying, forbid not to speak with tongues. I had a choice to make. I couldn't do both things. So I left that church. I have been in churches where pastors told lies to the congregation. And I went to the pastor to ask him where it was in the Bible that he that thing he spoke. And first he would say to me, I just can't recall where it is in the Bible. And I said to him, it's so important for me to know where it is in the Bible, so I will ask you, will you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is in the Bible? I was speaking to him by phone. He was quiet for a minute, and then he began shouting at me over the phone. And he said, All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, I was trying to find a church to go to. But I can't go to a church where the pastor is going to tell something that's not in the Bible. And this was a terrible thing that pastor said. He said that when they brought John 8, when they brought the woman taken into adultery, when they brought her before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was so shocked. I grabbed my Bible to reread this. I knew that wasn't true. That wasn't in the Bible. 
I turned around and I looked at the faces of the people in the congregation. First, I looked to see if anybody was grabbing a Bible and nobody was. And then I looked at the faces of the people in the congregation and the men had big smiles on their faces. I knew they were picturing this woman naked from the waist up. That pastor brought lasciviousness into his congregation that night. He caused them to be lustful. It was a great sin. And he knew it was untrue. He knew it was a lie when he spoke it. And he wouldn't admit it to me. He wasn't sorrowful. How could he not be sorrowful for saying this? How could he not be sorrowful for doing this? I was so grieved. He didn't repent. He just struck out at me. Years later, God showed me the truth. He didn't repent because he's Antichrist. He's one of those people that had to come and take over the church. As Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2, before Jesus could return, the second coming of Jesus, apostasy had to, be, had to take place in the churches. Now, in the NASB, I believe they use the exact word apostasy. I mostly use the King James Version, but that's the falling away, the apostasy. We can look at the NASB, just a moment. In the New American Standard Version, the NASB, verses 3 and 4, no one is to deceive you in any way, for it, the day of the Lord will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalteth himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. See, it's through the churches. And John has already told us there are many Antichrist. Well, it's not hard to see the Catholic Church as Antichrist. They go against so many doctrines of the New Testament Bible. And I've run across this many times, people who have been Catholic, who have said they aren't supposed to read the Bible. I've, two times in particular, I've run across this. My housekeeper in Clover, uh, Lubbock, Texas, when I lived there, she was a Catholic woman, and she watched me a great deal. She watched what I did. And she came to me one time and said, aren't you afraid to read the Bible? Well, I, I have a respect for the Bible. I pray for wisdom very often, for God to show me the truth of the Bible. So, but, I, but as far as being afraid, I don't think I can say I'm afraid. I'm respectful. But she said they told them you should, they should not read the Bible, that lay people like them should not read the Bible, that they, the priest, would tell them what they needed to know. I've run across that twice. There's a very famous American Indian potter, Margaret DeFoya. She's no longer living. 
But I was very close to Margaret and her daughter, Mel. Margaret told me this story, and she told it to me with great shame, not boasting. She wanted her children, she had seven children, she wanted her children to study the Bible. They lived on the reservation in New Mexico, and McCurdy Mission School taught the Bible. So Margaret took her seven children out of the Catholic school and put them in the McCurdy Mission School. Well, that got the attention of the priest who called Margaret in and said, you can't do this. Why do you want your children to go to McCurdy Mission School? Margaret said, because I want them to study the Bible. And the priest said, people like you don't need to study the Bible. We will tell you what you need to know. Margaret said, no, I want my children to actually study the Bible. I want them to read the Bible. And she said, the priest said to her, now, if you do this, we will put you out of the church and you will never be able to confess your sins again. Margaret told me, she said, I don't know what came over me. But I said to that priest, I don't have to confess my sins to a man like you. I will confess them to the Lord. And she said, oh, he got so mad at me when I said that. They put me out of the church and I can't be buried in the Catholic cemetery. I explained to Margaret that there's a Holy Spirit who rises up in us and brings to our mind words to say. And that was the Holy Spirit revealing to her she didn't have to confess her sins to a Catholic priest. She could confess them to the Lord. Further, I told Margaret, nobody can put you out of the church but God. He puts you into the church, and the only one who can really remove you from the church is God. And he can do that and turn you over to a reprobate mind if you don't want to keep the doctrines of Christ, of the Holy Bible, in front of you and live by them. That's in Romans chapter 1 where it tells about being turned over to a reprobate mind. Antichrist, opposite to Christ. I've been in many Protestant churches where they taught things opposite to what I saw in the Bible. And when I saw them teaching things opposite, I would leave those churches. One church I went to in Clovis, New Mexico, when I was hunting a church to attend, the pastor was teaching the Sunday school class. He was teaching about Sarah and Hagar, the handmaiden of Sarah, in Genesis. And he said, Sarah and Hagar were half-sisters. Well, I was stunned. I'd never seen that in the Bible. But I, I really thought maybe I'd overlooked it. So I went home and read all the passages of Scripture in Genesis that pertain to Sarah and Hagar. It just wasn't in the Bible. The next day I called the pastor and told him I'd been in his Sunday school class. And 
I said, I can't find in the Bible where Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. Could you please tell me where it says that in the Bible? He said the same thing that other pastor said. He said, well, I just can't remember where it is. And I said, well, it's very important to me. Could you look it up and just tell your secretary and have her call me and tell me? He got silent. And then he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. He knew it was not in the Bible. He knew he added it to the Bible. He lied to me. He lied to his congregation. I've seen it many times. So, of course, I never went back to that church. I don't go to a church if I expect wrongdoing to be there. But when there is wrongdoing and there's no repentance, I won't stay there. I just leave. So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, The Apostle Paul told us what will happen if you stay in an Antichrist church and take pleasure in unrighteousness and receive not the word of the truth as shown through the Holy Bible. Verse 10 through 12. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. For a period of time in my life, I attended Word of Faith in Dallas, one of the faith movement churches. And I was friends with lots of people there and in other places. I was on radio by that time and became friends with a woman in Fort Worth. She was in the faith movement. And she she was speaking about, oh, God would never do this and God would never do that. And all good is from God and all bad is from the evil. And one day I had Lily on the phone and I said, Lily, I want you to read a passage of scripture to me. She got her Bible, and she said, okay. I said, I want you to read to me 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Read it aloud. She said, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, and for this cause... God shall bring them strong delusion that they would believe a lie. She was shocked. See, it was counter to her doctrine that God would bring a strong delusion that a person would believe a lie in order to damn the person. For it says, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. She just gasped when I had her read that scripture. There are many false doctrines in churches. If you recognize one, 
great peril comes upon you if you stay in that church. You will not be able to change that church. Antichrist does not repent. I've given you the two examples of the pastors that I went to. Let's look at a couple of more scriptures on this subject. During the Great Tribulation, all these horrible plagues hit. They did not repent. Look at Revelation chapter 9. All of these people have been killed by plagues. Terrible sores have come on the people. Verse 20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication nor of their thefts. That's Revelation chapter 9, verse 20, 21. Look at one more passage in Revelation, and it is in Revelation 16. This is about one of the last plagues sent upon the earth during the Great Tribulation. Start at verse 20. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven every stone about the weight of a talent and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great they don't repent at that point when you turn yourself over to Antichrist a fearful fate awaits you When you go along with doctrines that are not in the Bible or doctrines that are opposite to the Bible, that's Antichrist, opposite to Christ. And it's rampant in the churches. In both Protestant churches and Catholic churches. And according to Paul, this had to happen before Jesus could return. We must not allow ourselves to be a part of Antichrist in the churches. We must not go along with their doctrines when they are opposite to the Bible. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.